If you want to sign up for the dinner on the grounds, head to the vestibule after worship. While this may make sense to you, many people would just think it sounded like a bunch of gobbledygook. This is because I used some insider language in that opening. Do your ministries use insider language? Does your church? Do you have creative or obscure names for some of your ministries that might leave people guessing? While it's natural for any group of connected people, especially communities, to create common language like names, terms, acronyms, and phrases, church communicators need to remember that not everyone is an insider. Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. Whatever your title or role is at your church, this show is designed to give you the communication and marketing tools, resources, and even community that you need to help you be successful. I'm Brian Haley, the producer of Church Juice. I'm joined, as always, by my incredible and awesome co-host, Jeanette Yates. Hey, Jeanette. Hey, how's it going? Good, and I have got to say that your opening was very Southern. Yes. That sounded like a very Southern thing. So representing your Jacksonville roots pretty well, I'd say. That's right. Even Jacksonville people probably would be like, what is she like? Because it is like, it is real. It's really rural. You know, that's really that those two. Well, I I think I threw in two insider words, but there might be even more. (laughs) I don't know. Dinner on the grounds is something that we do here in the South. And my mom grew up doing on doing on the farm and the country, and vestibule mm-hmm. is <laughs> another one. It's not really a southern thing; it's just more of like a yeah. a more traditional word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, since you're listening to this episode, we would love we would love to know what you think. So, if you could take a moment right now, leave us a rating. That would really mean a lot to to us at Church Juice. This podcast reaches hundreds of communicators each week. And your review helps us reach more people, and it also helps us get even better. That means a lot. So thank you for taking the time to do that. So, all right, let's dive in to insider language. What do we mean when we say insider language? What are we talking about? Well, you know, as I was thinking about this and looking over our talking points for today, one of the things that we do talk about a lot here on Church Juice is the idea of building community and all those kind of things. And one of the elements of community is that you have... (laughs) language that means something to the people in the community that might not mean something to other things. So we're not saying it's bad to have insider language. As a matter of fact, that's a part of any community. You have nicknames for things or you've you've come up with different terms for areas of your campus or whatever. And while it's not a bad thing, it depends on when and how you're using them, I think is the most important thing. But insider language is any Anything that somebody walking in off the street <laughs> would not understand. Yeah. And as communicators, we have to kind of I don't toe the rope a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're using common language where people understand, you know, you might shorten a term to just an acronym or, you know, right. or just shorten words or whatever, or you might just have special names for ministries and things like that. And that's all good. Like you were just saying, like that's part of community and it just makes communication quicker that way too, just using common language. But as communicators, we also have to think about people who are experiencing whatever communication for the first time, whether that's in service or email or, you know, social media, whatever that is. And so we have to make sure that we're balancing that well and make sure that for new people, they don't feel left out. They don't feel excluded, but you also want to make sure that you are 
you know, using common language, but explaining it well, I suppose. Let's go through some common jargon that churches use. So I love that we are starting with the idea of creative ministry names, because that is one of the things, you're like me probably, Brian, that we spend a lot of time in the church communications, different Facebook groups, the Church Juice Insiders group, which speaking of that, like insiders, we have our (laughs) Church Juice Insiders. But, you know, and there's, you know, always questions that show up every now and then that's like, we're starting a new ministry for young adults. What Mm -hmm. should we call it? Yeah. And then there's like some people throw in some things, you know, church communicators. I just, I'm just going to let you know that I too tried the creative name thing back in the day. So there is some insider language at our church. We are, our church sits on the point of two roads coming together. So we talk about church on the point, things like that. And so, which is not the name of your church. And it's not the name of my church. So then, like, I was starting a new ministry, and so I was trying to come up with a, a, and I can't even remember what it is right this second, which is probably another reason (laughs) not to do it. But I decided that, like, the young adult ministry, you know, the youth ministry was called Point Youth, so the young adult ministry needed to be called, like, Verge or something like that. I don't know, you know, or Merge or whatever. You know, I can't remember. But, like, it was something that had to do with, like, two points coming together. And really, all that did was make me have to explain what it was over and over again. Right. So while there may be times where you do need a creative name, chances are if you have a ministry and it's going to serve a certain population, community, group of people, just call it that thing. Men's ministry, young adult ministry, children's ministry. The end. Yeah, or kids or something that explains what it is, right? Right. If you have to explain what you mean when you say, then it kind of defeats the purpose of the name itself. Uh, So I would say nine, nine and a half out of 10 times that we're creating names for anything, we should be looking at clarity over creativity. Um, Be clear in the names that you use, be clear in the the ministry program location names always, always go for clarity over creation mm-hmm. or creativity. And depending on, you know, the area where you are and and who you are serving, even calling it ministry may not mean something yeah. to somebody who's completely unchurched. If I've been in one church, I'm going to another and you call it a ministry. I'm going to know what you mean by that. Yeah. But if I'm a person that's new to faith, new to, you know, coming into a faith community, I may not know what a ministry is or what that entails, like how much commitment, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, so maybe even depending on your, like I said, it may not, it may be the perfect thing to name it, but also consider who you're trying to reach or who you're trying to communicate with. Ministry may not even be enough of of a descriptor for that. So a lot of churches right now, post COVID are seeing growth from church transfer, right? But if your church is reaching unchurched people, then that's something to think about. A few years when I was a communication director and outreach pastor in different roles, we changed from using the word ministries. I'm glad you brought that up. I totally forgot about this. But we knew that people had no idea what a ministry was. When you said the word ministries, it sounded like something from the government in a foreign country. The prime minister. So we started using communities because, right. you know, community was something that we were centered on as a church. And so so everything that we did was not a ministry. It was a community. It was kids community. It was. Or group. Group. You know, or, yeah. Or have youth things group. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
again, trying to think through from the lens of someone who has no exposure or doesn't know your church well, what do you need to explain differently? Or what should you be more clear on on what you're doing? And I would say that that extends into places in your building as well. Yes. Like like you opened with vestibule or or narthex is another one. Like Narthex is my favorite word. I love it. It I, sounds like a Dr. Seuss word. Yeah. And it was, you know, historically that was common language for parts of like a lobby essentially, but we don't use those words outside of church buildings anymore. So, so even in, you know, things like that, you want to make sure that you're being super clear and being creative and calling, you know, a a lobby um, as something completely different where you have to explain what you mean or where it is. That's not helpful for new people. If you have those creative names, make sure that your signage points to that make sure that you're clarifying it. But moving forward, try to be as clear as possible um, rather than creative. Yeah. And if you think about it, like you just mentioned, like narthex, vestibule, those words, when they were popular, when they were being used all the time, were the common language. Right. So it's not like we're like, oh, we're just, you know, that was the hip term back then (laughs) (laughs) for it. You know, every, you know, that's what it, thinking of it is like, what makes the most sense for the people that we're serving, the people that enter our spaces, what makes the most sense for them. Now, if you have a big sign that is like narthex may be the right word in your context. Like I know if some of my church, my one of my churches, they're going to be listening to this and be like, she is talking about us. Listen, <laughs> at that particular church, narthex makes sense. Okay. It does. But that's who they're reaching, who they're talking to. Yeah, so just exactly. pay attention to that. Now I have another thing and it gonna, it's going to kind of lead into our third Thing. So okay. this is kind of a location and also our next one, which is acronyms. Yeah. So one thing we like to do, we may not give a creative name for it, although some might argue fellowship hall or family life center yep. don't really tell you what it is either. So that's a, an example of like a creative name, but what is it? And then if you take family life center and you shorten it to FLC, which is it's not really an acronym, but it's like an abbreviation then you're really double confusing people. So (laughs) leading into that, so the idea of acronyms or shortening something, again, if it doesn't help people understand what it is or find it, it's probably not a good idea. Another example of just building, do not mean this to be trashing on churches at all. It's just something that we, we experience, right? And I think if, as you're watching or listening, if you've visited other churches, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. So we're just trying to help you see, again, from kind of think through the eyes of someone new. But in in my own church right now, we have a big lobby area that kind of connects two of our worship centers. We have two venues and we call it the hub. Well, if you're a first time person, you have no idea what the hub is or where it is. You just know that you walked into this big open room, right? So anytime we talk about it, We have to explain what it is or where it is, and then we can refer to the hub. So when we talk about things that have a unique name, we need to clarify what we're talking about the first time that we talk about it. And if you're using an acronym, you know, a lot of ministries shorten their names to just an acronym, women of the word, or I said, yam, young adult ministry, or things like that. Wow and yam mean nothing. For a first-time visitor. So make sure that you write out what you're talking about if you use acronyms so that you are including everybody uh, and not leaving anyone out. Well, and there's also something to be said too, because like you were saying, we're not trying to 
we all use the entire language. We all use only, but like, it depends on what your communication piece. Remember, you know, in one of our previous episodes, we talked about different, having a variety of communication platforms and channels, and you're communicating different things. You, if you're communicating to your insiders, you say, we're having this in the hub. If you're communicating out to the wider population, you might say, in the lobby or whatever, you know, like there. So it's not like get rid of all of your insider language. It's just when you're communicating, see who your audience is. And so I think that's probably the, the, the real answer I was thinking to this kind of goes, this is kind of uh, back to the original one, like the creative ministry names. When we joined our church, like 20 years ago, the men's Bible study group was called the Baxter boys named after a theologian or somebody. I should know this. I hope my pastor doesn't. But anyway, and it's like, yeah, you know, your husband should be part of the Baxter boys. And like, of course, us being from the 80s and the 90s, we're like, is that a boy band? Like, who is that? What is going on? Um, And so then they had to explain it and all this kind of stuff. Well, now, of course, it's called men's group or something more descriptive. But those people that have been in that group 20 years, they're, right. they're, they're the Baxter boys. You know what I mean? So they're still using that language with themselves and with each other, but it's not something that we're putting in the bulletin or sending out, you know, in an email because who knows what the Baxter boys are. <laughs> so, you know, as communicators, we need to think like a first timer. So one of the ways that you can do that is to really kind of take yourself out of what you're doing for a moment. Think through, intentionally think through every element of your weekend services or your communication, your communication flow and think through, okay, as a person who has no experience to our church, what am I missing or what am I not communicating clearly? So one way that you can do that, that I love doing periodically is just experience a Sunday as a first timer. So think through as I show up on the property, what's the first thing that I see? What am I missing? What do I not know? Or what do I need to know? that I don't have that information for or what is, you know, what is assumed that shouldn't be. Then you go into the lobby or the front, the main entrance and think through again, do I know where to go? Do I know how to find things as a first time visitor? Are people connecting with me to help me find these things? You know, what's in the bulletin? Do I know what a bulletin is or where to find that? And then, you know, go through all, all the way through the service to the exit, to the follow up and think through, you know, if I have no exposure to church, if this is my first time, what does that look like? Or what am I missing? Yeah. And sometimes it may be worth the explanation, especially if it's a word in the Christian context that means a lot. So like fellowship may not mean, you know, somebody may be like, Ooh, Lord of the Rings. But in the concept of, you know, your faith community, fellowship means more than just, it's not quite just hanging out. It's not quite a Bible study, but there is a fellowship of believers. It may be worth you know, doing some instruction on that, which I think is perfectly appropriate as well, but just plan on doing that. Yeah. Well, and that's a good example. Fellowship has a lot of, a lot of different meanings. So my church actually has fellowship in the name of the church and a conversation I had with someone in new to the community a few years ago, new to the like city a few years ago, thought it was an academic fellowship. Like, uh, Mm, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like a teaching fellow or a, yeah. yeah. They thought Mm -hmm. it was like a community kind of academic fellowship. They didn't know because there was no church in the name essentially. And so just making sure that we are being super clear from a variety of perspectives. That's a good point. 
even like I mentioned, like the term bulletin, like outside of church, I don't know. Well, you used to get like news bulletins, right? So maybe that, maybe that's where it comes from. I've never really yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, it's kind of on. like a, it, it, I did look it up because I was like, this is fascinating to me. I love words. I was yeah. an English major, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, and so, yes, essentially it goes even before like news bulletins, but this idea of something that is, you know, breaking news or a public board where there's notices, you know, that's like the bulletin, which brings me to like, how long does, the, how big does a bulletin have to be if it's supposed to be just like basically bullet points? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a total, that's another episode yeah. of Church News Podcast. But yes, this idea of like bulletin when it was being used along with vestibule and narthex was yeah. probably a term that everybody understood, the news bulletin, like you said. Yeah. Now, program, worship guide, you know, yeah, depending those how things you make, use it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is a is your weekly planner. Yeah, another way that you can think through kind of with fresh eyes is to talk with first-time visitors, see what their experience has been, and they may they may have great insights, they may also not really know what they don't know. So those are things that you can just, you know, talk to people as you build those relationships. If you have good relationships with other church communicators in your community or in your area, be a secret shopper or ask someone to be a secret shopper at your church. Uh, you can experience each other's church services or communication or, you know, however you do that, you know, ask each other to do that with the the first time perspective uh, and make sure that that you guys are, you know, thinking considerately for uh, for first time people. You know, another area that we need to to explain, I guess, sometimes what we mean when we say are a few terms that revolve around our role as church communicators. Yes. And so one of those is branding. A lot of times we associate branding to the logo, right? Which the logo is part of it, but really branding is so much more than that. Again, I had to look this up because, you know, we all kind of walk around like, yeah, we know branding, marketing, all these things. And then it's like, wait, I have to tell other people how to, I have to explain this. So I wanted to make sure that I had like an easy way because you could go down rabbit holes of what it is and what it isn't. But I, you know, the easiest thing for me is the branding is who you are, like, and it tells the story of who you are. So your logo, your name, your colors should all evoke some sort of idea of who you are as a community. Yeah. The marketing piece is going to be how, is going to be how you build awareness of that brand. Yeah. I would even go a step further and say that branding is even more than just how you're presenting yourself. Branding is actually how people perceive you. Yes. Um, Good point. So, and we talk about that. I mean, we bring these topics up every so often because they're great reminders and things that we forget about or take, you know, like insider language. They are things that we talk about and we kind of just make the assumption that everybody knows what we're talking about. But branding is really, it is what people in the community, what people outside your organization or people even part of your organization, what do they think about your organization, your brand? What do they think about you? That is branding. So if you're a brand manager, you're trying to manage that well and make sure that what you think your brand is and what is being perceived are matching. Um, That's a really good point because I think a lot of churches say, I've heard this, especially like recently in our area, you know, a church will say, we're a XYZ church. And it's like, well, but is that the perception that you have in the community right now? And so like, 
And so that's something really important to think about. And that's another way you can bring somebody in and ask, like, one of the things when you're asking people, like, how did you hear about us? They might say, well, I heard you had a really great kids program. Mm -hmm. Well, part of your brand (laughs) is probably that you are, you know, you're a church for families with young children. Yeah, And so your logo, your colors, the words that you use, that all plays into that. Uh, And that's where that's where they tie together. Another term that I think is often misunderstood is marketing itself, just marketing. I was at a conference recently and Seth Godin, who is a I don't even know how to describe him. He's like the. A king of yeah, a thought leader. <laughs> He's like the king of marketing, essentially. But he made the comment recently that I that really struck me and I think helped provide clarity on for me what marketing actually is. And essentially he said that you can really call anything marketing or communication, if you don't like the word marketing, but you can really call anything marketing because marketing is really all about relationship. It's about connecting with people. And that's really what we're doing. We're not selling something. We're not really trying to convince somebody to do selling, to to buy something or to be a part of something. That's advertising. But marketing or communication is about connection. It's about communicating and connecting well with people and building those relationships. And that's something that I think we, again, we need to just, you know, kind of refresh the way that we think about our role as church communicators. And so I hope that's that's a little bit helpful as you watch and or listen today. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we are all, you know, we're in the church communication space. We're in the church marketing space. So we don't, you know, necessarily, it doesn't necessarily ruffle our feathers because we're we're doing it. We know what it is. We know the heart behind it. We understand that, that marketing, especially church marketing, is just sharing what God is doing in and through the life of our community. And that is a wonderful thing. Sometimes people think of it as like a, it's part of evangelism, right? Because we're spreading awareness of the gospel in some way. So, but, you know, sometimes when you say you're in church marketing, you know, or like if you're running, you know, if you run an ad for a church service and then you might see some troll, I don't want to call somebody a troll, but that's what, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They're, you know, they'll say something like, you're, you know, pushing you, you know, that's not, you know, we know that's not what it is, but sometimes, you know, that's what people say, but you know, you know the truth, we all know the truth. You know, marketing is not a bad word, but if you don't like it, it's communication. (laughs) It's community, it's outreach, it's building connection. That's right. All right, well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day today to listen to the Church Juice podcast. But listening is really just the start. So if you would like to take today's topic to the next level, discuss and hear from other church communicators, head to our Insiders Facebook group. You can find a link to our group along with all of today's show notes at churchjuice.com slash podcast. The Church Juice podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Church Juice is produced by Brian Haley with post-production by Minimal Media Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information about Church Juice, visit churchjuice.com. For information on Reframe Ministries and our family of programs, visit reframeministries.org.